You're listening to the new Mutual Audio Network. Welcome home. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that all children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. It's season 13 of the Sonic Summer Stock Playhouse. Performing through the summer months, the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse is presented by the Sonic Society for the Mutual Audio Network and features producers and actor troops from the modern age of audio drama who recreate and reproduce classic old-time radio plays. The Playhouse endeavors to bring shows to a contemporary audience for the love of the medium and not in any intended form of copyright infringement and now, we go to our host of the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse on stage now, Mr. David Alt. Thank you, thank you, and welcome everyone to the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. I am your host, David Alt, and I am pleased to provide you with two features this week on our stage here in Halifax, Nova Scotia, right on the same block with the Mutual Network building. This week we begin our features with fear. Mr. John Ballantyne of Campfire Radio Theatre presents an officially recognised remake from the CBC's master horror series Nightfall and The Road Ends at the Sea. After our intermission, our second act includes a return of Soul Twin Audio and Ms. Rachel Pulliam's thriller Fugue in C Minor. But for now, the stage is set for Nightfall and Campfire Radio Theatre. Welcome, friend. Have a seat by the fire. Make yourself comfortable. Lately, his dreams had been of Nan. Ever since she reached out to him after so many years, he could think of little else. She was still for Scully, that special one, the one that got away. He could see her again so clearly, that grin, the mischief in her eyes. If he closed his own eyes, he could feel the warmth of her in his arms. And then, and then the whole thing, the vision, would cloud over. He'd feel this dreadful premonition. The lighthouse, purgatory point. Nan waiting at the water's edge, her back turned to him. In the recurring dream, he would grab her, spin her round, only to find her eyes, her beautiful eyes, covered by coins. The ferryman's toll to the other side. You're listening to Campfire Radio Theatre. Tonight, we present a thoughtful tale bridging that ethereal gulf between this world and the next. The play by award-winning novelist Tim Wynne-Jones. 
was originally produced for the classic CBC radio series, Nightfall. It's called The Road Ends at the Sea. The loneliness was what got to me first. I hadn't seen a soul since turning onto the Cape Road. No wonder Nan's letter had sounded so desperate. This time, Paul had gone too far. Literally. <laughs> the road was climbing. Road was little more than a rutted track. The trees leaned over heavy with dead man's beard. The forest was closing in. It was like driving in a dark tunnel. If my bearings were right, there was a lighthouse at the end of the tunnel with one Mr. Paul Stone, B.A. M.F.A., as its resident keeper. I set my mind on a cup of hot coffee, preferably laced. I rehearsed what I was going to say to Paul, and without really intending it, I found myself daydreaming about Nan. Again. See you too, Paul. Uh, we, hey, uh, <laughs> sorry, man. Welcome to Purgatory Point. Uh, such as it is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm so used to being alone. I've uh, forgotten my social graces. Well, that's why I'm here. Time to reacquaint you with the human race. Ah, <laughs> uh, so. Well, um, um... Can you offer a weary traveler a cup of coffee or something? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I have to go up to the tower. There's a hot plate up there. Ah. Come on up. Sure. Is Nan about? Uh-huh. Oh, uh, nah. She, she's in town getting some things. Ah, well. It'll be good to see her again. Yeah. It's good to see you, Paul. Right. I'll get that coffee on. Instant okay? I am at your mercy. Huh. What a view. Look at those mud flats. <laughs> Tide rises 29 feet in a day. Those mud flats stretch halfway to Nova Scotia. Amazing. Tide's rolling in. By tonight, the waves will be pounding away at the foot of the cliff. <sighs> Water's like lead. There's not a breeze out there. What a job. What a place, huh? You get used to it. You begin to like it. Uh-huh. 
So, uh, where is Nan? I haven't seen anything remotely like a town since I left Moncton. Well, you probably drove through it. Homesick Cove. Homesick Cove? About <laughs> two miles up the highway. Come on. Cape Malaise, Purgatory Point, and now Homesick Cove? What is it about this part of the world that inspires such gloomy monikers? Well, I guess it's like a long, gray finger probing around in your brain. You know, it finally touches the one thing that's really unique in a person. Solitude. Which, poetically, brings out the purpose of my unscheduled visitation. I was gonna ask. It's a far cry from the bright lights and the big box. <laughs> Are you ready for a lecture? I've been rehearsing this ever since I left Moncton. Uh, Paul, we're old friends and we've been through it all, right? I mean, I'm a writer too. I understand the need to be alone, but, well, enough's enough. Paul, are you listening? Uh-huh. Oh, oh uh, yeah, old friends. Sit down, for God's sake. You're pacing like a cat. Now, I know we've gone our separate ways. We always did have different ambitions. I've been lucky. I got the big bucks, as you put it, and you've got... Well, you've got your poetry, and, uh, this. I've always been a little jealous, you know? Yes, I know. No, I don't mean that. You're a fine writer. You write from the soul. I write from the pocketbook. Never was one for poetry. I suppose it requires a unique kind of solitude. <laughs> I suppose. You've been after it as long as I've known you. Summer jobs manning the fire tower. Teaching at that awful college in the sticks when you and Nan got married. Now here. This running away. Running away? What makes you say that? Nan. Nan? She wrote. She's worried about you. About herself. Thinks she's going nuts. Oh, so you thought you'd come and rescue her? Oh, give me a break. That's all been over and done with years ago. Right. I know it is. For her. Paul, come on. Hasn't this whole isolation bit gone too far? The novel, remember? You came here to write a novel. Ah, that. I wrestled with it for a while. It won. You know, I thought I might find enlightenment here. That's what I needed to finish my work. I've just been waiting. Waiting for what? I don't know. My muse? Inspiration? Uh, sometimes you don't know until you find it, right? Or it finds you. We were friends, weren't we, Scully? Uh-huh. I'm looking for something else now, something bigger than writing. An even lonelier pursuit. <laughs> something lonelier than writing? I didn't expect you to understand. Sure, I understand. You're chasing after some Elysium peace and quiet. Something that frankly doesn't exist. Oh, but it does exist. Where? Here? No. It's beyond all this, but it's real nonetheless. Complete solitude. The whole thing. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. Here, let, let me get that coffee. 
Well, what do you know? Looks like you've got some business. Funny I didn't see it a minute ago. Cream. No sugar, right? Could have sworn there was nothing out there. What? Out there, see? Just beyond the mudflats? What? Not expecting. Holy! Ah, Jesus! What's that coffee? What's the matter with you? Should have had some advance warning. She's in awful close. I'll try and contact her. Is she in danger? This is LX-305 to unmarked freighter. Come in. Over. No markings on her. Not as far as I can see. No flags, either. Not on the frequency. Don't they always fly a flag? I don't understand. This is Purgatory Point to unidentified freighter. Come in. Please identify yourself. Over. Biggest damn ship I've ever seen. Must be the sunset or something, but she looks awfully bleak. Well, what do you make of her? Did she just drop out of the sky? Hey, what are you looking at me like that for? She's not mine. I'm parked out front, remember? <laughs> She's just sitting there, waiting for the tide. What's got into you? It's just some old tramp freighter. That's what you're here for, isn't it? Yes. It is. Well, that must be Nan. Why don't you go down, Scully? I've got some things to attend to. I'll join you later. Hi there, stranger. Oh my god. It's Kali. <laughs> Nan, you look amazing. What are you doing here? <laughs> well, don't act so surprised. I'd have been here sooner, but I stopped for gas. Uh-huh. Have you, uh... Have you seen Paul? Well, here, let me help you with those. Mm. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> I saw him. He was pretty distracted, though. Spooked. Well, it's pretty lonely up here. You got that right. Um, here, on the counter. Ah. Thanks. Ah. He always seems to be waiting on something. It's the seclusion, Nan. And, uh, lack of stimulation. What? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Scully. <laughs> You'll have to forgive me. I, uh, I don't know how to talk to anyone anymore. Well, let me remind you. It is the isolation, you know? It's like a black hole sucking you in. Sometimes it wraps its arms around you and holds you, perfectly still. The quietness, I mean, the air, the forest, the sea. Paul has wanted it for so long, and now I find myself longing for it. Nan. No, please. What's wrong with me? I think I know. If only it were complete. What? The solitude. Oh, that. Well, I'm not putting it into words very well, but it has its appeal. Perhaps if you talk to Paul... I did talk to him. It's like conversing with a rock. Listen, Nan. 
I've had these recurring dreams. Dreams about you. About me? I feel like you're in danger. That Paul might flip out or something. Nonsense. I'm perfectly safe. Are you sure? That's not really why you're here, is <sighs> it? What the hell is this complete solitude nonsense? Solitude is just a state of mind. Hmm. Are you sure? I don't really know anymore. Come here. Uh, I'm not sure about this. I didn't really expect you to come. Sometimes I just need companionship other than Paul. He's so distracted, so wrapped up in his work. I must have been feeling that way when I wrote you. You make it sound like a weakness. Well, perhaps it is. You know, I tried to tell myself I was coming to help an old friend, but now that I see you, I... Nan, let me take you away. I'm not a pauper anymore. I've got some success. I can take care of you uh, now. Scully, no. That's what you want. That's why you wrote. Just admit it. No, I mean, I... I don't... Uh, I can't explain. <sighs> right. So, I'll just grab the rest of the groceries. Don't... don't be angry. This place is oppressive. You've let it get to you. Nan, you know you still have feelings for me. Here comes Paul. Did you hear me? Things are different. Nan, it can be like it was before. I'll make some dinner. Nan was still in love with me. She wanted coaxing, that was all. There wasn't going to be any competition from Paul. He was obsessed with his black freighter. There was plenty of time. I was content to make myself at home. Oh, tenpenny ale. Ooh, more Mrs. Stone. <laughs> <laughs> I almost feel human again. Well, then you've come a long way. Ouch! <laughs> Here, let me take your plate. Anything out there, Paul? What? You're up at the window before we finish the soup. Are you expecting an emissary? Perhaps from that ship? I don't expect you to understand. Oh, what's the matter with you? You think this ship really did drop out of the sky? I don't want to talk about it. It arrived with me, didn't it, Paul? Scully? Hmm? Some kind of dark omen. Scully. <laughs> Any whiskey around? In the living room. Right by the fireplace. <sighs> this ship, Paul, is it? God, I wish he hadn't shown up. There's so much to do. What did he mean? It was out there. It, it was just there, Nan. It came out of nowhere. I tried to reach them. No response. Can't you see what it is? No. No, you're... Man. An anonymous black ship just waiting for the tide. Waiting at the end of Point Wolf. Could it be? It has to be. It'll be high tide any minute now. <laughs> well, 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 what's this? Uh, an intimate little connubial confab? Uh, 
I've rather crashed in on your complete solitude, haven't I? <laughs> mm. Well, that's precisely what I intended to do, old chums. Cheers. Mm. All this quiet isn't really salubrious. Uh, I'm going to the lighthouse. Now, come on. Sit. Sit! Let's talk about the craft. Writing. Let's get you over this bout of writer's block. I just want to be left alone. You can't seem to understand that, can you? I'm trying. The booze helps. I'm a city boy, remember? Try explaining one more time. Just one. There's a fog rolling in. Mm-hmm. I have to turn on the foghorn. Scully, just let him go. Oh, sure. Whatever you say. <clears throat> Maybe grow a sense of humor or something, huh? <laughs> I never realized what a cynic you really were. I want to be alone. Who does he think he is? Maybe you've had enough for one night. Where are you off to? Listen. There's something out there. Something unknowable. Man, honestly. This whole thing is... Don't touch me! What's come over you? Paul's right. You won't understand. What's to understand? <sighs> Look at the moon. How bright and empty it is. It's a place. Solitude is a place. Yes, and Paul wants it all to himself, right? So why don't we just leave him to it? No, no, it's not here. I thought it was. But now I realize that this is just a stage. A rendezvous. The end of the road. <gasps> your hand! You broke your glass! I've had about enough of this shit. Do you hear? Let Paul have the moon, or, or whatever the hell it is he's looking for. Stay away, Scully. Dad, come back! not here. Probably somewhere spending quality time with himself. Look! Out there! That's the freighter. No, nearer. I can just make it out in the moonlight. Is that a rowboat? Coming towards the shore? It's coming for him. For us. What? For us. Nan. No. Paul has been filling your head with nonsense. Nan! rushed after her into the night. I couldn't see her at first, but then I noticed a path leading down the cliff. There was something familiar about this place, like something out of my dreams about Nan. Paul! Nan! Paul! What are you doing? I don't want you. I want to be with him. No. With Paul. No. Leave him to his big getaway. Let me go! No.
Well, I'm coming. Yes, yes, but quickly. He'll try to stop us. Damn right I'll stop you. No! <sighs> not again. You're not taking no. her away from me again. No. Leave us alone, you goddamn unit. Scully, you're crazy. You won't get away from me. You won't get away from me. Sakes, can't you see? She's made her choice. Not again. Listen to me. You've got to stop this. No. No. You son of a... Oh, no. Please, stop. Isolation. Well, I guess it's like a long, gray finger probing around in your brain. It's like a black hole sucking you in. Finally touches the one thing that's really unique in a person. Sometimes it wraps its arms around you and holds you. Solitude. Solitude is a place. Alive with me, didn't it, Paul? Hmm? It's some kind of dark omen. I saw it. Them. Pull away. The boat cut through the waves like a knife. There was no one at the oars. Not a soul. They stood in the stern, hand in hand, naked under a moonlit sky. Naked. Like something out of a dream. Then the little shadow was sucked into the greater shadow of the black freighter. It was monstrous. They were gone. The moon, the ship, swallowed up by the fog and the night. the RCMP. Are you all right? RCMP? Mounties? Open up. All right, just keep your shirt on. That's not Paul. I know. There's some problem here? Problem? Where's the light keeper? Sergeant. Paul Stone. You see that? Excuse me. Careful, man. It's a broken glass. My glass. Barnes, better have a look around. Check the lighthouse. Yes, sir. Right away. Uh, might as well try the lost and found. What's been going on here? Who are you? Just an old friend. Has there been some kind of fight? Well, I was a friend. Was? There's no one here, sir. Check the cliff. The shore. The tide's out now. Uh. So where are they? They're gone. A little romantic getaway for two. 
Stone didn't respond to a routine radio communication this morning. That's not like him. All reliable, Paul. What a bore. The fog was pretty thick. He should have been at his post. Do you know where they are? I have no idea. There was a freighter. A very large black freighter. I came to rescue them, you know. Or at least Nan. Rescue? From loneliness. From themselves. I was too late. We will find them, you know. No, you won't. They wouldn't listen. It had all gone too far, you see. Paul's delusions about solitude. I mean, he was always a little nutty, but... Hey, this ship came out of nowhere about the same time I did. Paul had been waiting for it like he was expecting it. <laughs> you know, when I first got here, he looked at me like I was the Grim Reaper or something. <laughs> Can you imagine? Sir. Barnes, put that gun away. Sir. They're out there. They're at the foot of the cliff. They're dead. No. Their heads. No. They're all bashed in, sir. What? No, they got away. Naked, sir. They got away. Stark naked. My God. You better call it in, Barnes. I've got an eye on this one. You won't find them. Not really. They left. On that ship just slipped away in the fog. They finally found what they were looking for. Finally got away. Completely. been listening to Campfire Radio Theater. Tonight's tale, The Road Ends at the Sea, was written by Tim Wynne-Jones and adapted, directed, and produced for this series by John Ballantyne. Featured in the cast were Graham Rowett as Scully, Mary Murphy as Nan, Rish Outfield as Paul, John Ballantyne as Constable One, and Jack Ward as Constable Two. Original music score by Kevin Hartnell. Sound design by John Ballantyne. Additional sound courtesy of Free Sound Project. Mixing and post-production by John Ballantyne. Share the horror and visit us at CampfireRadioTheatre.com and on Facebook at Campfire Radio Theatre. Thank you, Mr. John Ballantyne and the Campfire Radio Theatre players. There will be a brief intermission before we return with our second feature, Consulting Audio.
Governments throughout the world have been working around the clock to get more information about just how this event that we call the incident actually occurred. We're all just trying to have a nice family. Whoa! What, what was that? We've recently discovered evidence that all of this, the incident, the pulse, word Nisha, was from a shadowy group that calls itself Cypher. We must maintain our power at all costs! The crisis is real. There's only one demographic who remained unaffected. Who? Kids. Season 1, available now.